So it's fun to be back. It was fun to be with family, but you know uh, the, the old story about fish and family. After a few days, they start to stink. Um, I don't think my family stinks, come on. But I, do, do, I will say this, I've got, I've got a, a moment to brag. When you wake up and you see a face that looks like this, it'll melt you. Oh. There we go. So much fun. Yeah, she's got my haircut. That's right. Well, how perfect to come back after uh, vacation with family and, and you sort of fall into some old habits, wanting to make new habits. Want to, don't you wish there was a big reset button? They could just go, that was easy. You know, you push that big reset button and all of those emotional that emotional garbage that goes along with you and, or gets stirred back up or you forgot about long a t- long time ago, but people won't let you forget about it. it. It, you know, nothing like a good old time with family to make those things happen. And I, I can't say that that happened for me on this vacation, but I, I was thinking and watching other families on the beach at vacation and thinking, gosh, you know, it's hard work to be family. It's hard work to choose to be in a place where we operate in grace. And so what a perfect thing for us to sort of look at this word this morning and hear God saying, take off the old and clothe yourself in something new. Strip down from all of that stuff that you once were, even yesterday, and begin again. Start afresh. Let Christ be the thing that emanates from you not you i love that image this morning of the umbrella you know that umbrella of all the things that are you know coming at us and we think that we have to just gird ourselves up and and scripture does say get yourself prepared gird yourself for action it says in peter but we forget that the lord is the one that's taking the action he's the one that's doing the surgery to remove all of that old stuff if we let him that's the key if we'd let him. So I want you to look with me uh, today here at this passage from Colossians. Peter, Peter, our ability to live, live freely, live wholly. But then there's that living that happens right here. Don't you live in that tension sometimes where you say, I know the, the work of the cross. I have accepted and I've received the work of the cross. I want to walk in the power of the cross. But then there's me. Then there's earth. There's flesh. There's people. Lord, ministry would be so easy if it weren't for the people. <laughs> I don't say that. Paul says, put to death what is earthly. And he describes those things that are earthly. And you think, gosh, you know, we as human beings, we are, you know, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. All of those things bring on the wrath of God. Yet why do we fall into those traps so easily? Why does our flesh so desire those things? And I I want to say it's because the enemy prowls around like a lion seeking to devour anything that is good in you. 
So when you think of these things that are said, we, we kind of, those are things that are not so hush-hush in our culture anymore. We talk about all of these things out in public as if they're all okay. We'll just, you know, we have sexual immorality and idolatry and all sorts of fun things out there in the world to enjoy. P- people land on their feet, no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. It's a big deal because what we're re- replacing is true intimacy for false intimacy. We're, tr- we're replacing morality with immorality. We're replacing uh, impurity, we're purity with impurity. We Im- Im- have these evil desires, these thoughts that go through our brains that shouldn't be there. That just shouldn't be there. And so we have to ask the question that Paul wants to answer this morning. How? Not how did they get there. We see them every morning. We wake up and turn the TV on. Less than 10 seconds, you see the evil of mankind, right? You see the things that are coming at us. We, we know that the, there's a tide water that's just ready to rise against us. And Paul points out the fact that we need to walk in what we've received. Not just say it on the outside. It's not a whitewash. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, you need to let him be your Savior. Good word. And you need to let him be Lord, have rule over everything that is in you so it doesn't come out of you and turn into something else. So it gives some, some, you know, little pieces here to, to help us do this. It always reminded me of that television show um you ever watch the television show what not to wear i mean they gave you five grand to replace your your wardrobe i I wish they would come to my house you know like this is this is cool i don't know what to wear i just put stuff on i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i think like a guy i shop like a guy i just put stuff on but the reality is they come along and they say, well, this is your body type and this is what you should have. And these things are definitely out and these things have been dead long ago. And they come in and they clear out your, your closet and they empty it. And you have to watch as your favorite Popeye t-shirts being thrown into the trash. All of those things that, that you've collected over the years have been picked up and thrown away. And then they give you a new wardrobe. And that's what Christ That's what Paul's saying that Christ is doing for us. Christ comes along and he wants to clothe you. The problem is we're too afraid to get naked. We're too afraid to shed off all the old stuff. We're too afraid to be a fresh palette like we heard this morning from Jim. A, 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 A blank canvas. God wants us to be a blank canvas so that we can be refreshed and clothed in him. So as we look at this passage, Paul would would say to them, now you must put all of these things of the flesh, if you're going to walk in this, put these things of the flesh away. And none of you have any of these things. I'll, I'll give you the list anyway, just so you can ponder them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene, talk from your mouth, don't lie to one another, Put off the old self with its practices. Okay? You think about these things and you have to sort of look at them in the context of where they come. As Paul is is saying, this is not just a sense of mortifying your flesh and putting away any personal desire. 
God's placed in you a heart to desire things. He's given you the ability to pursue things, but he wants them to be pursued in love and purity and wholeness. So he's pointing out the things that are repulsive habits, and he's saying that in your closet you can't put on. You can't wear malice anymore. You can't wear anger. You can't wear rage. You can't wear slander. If you can, we used to say this to the kids all the time. If you, have, if you can't use words that build up, don't use any words at all. Like they would be on each other. Our kids would be on each other, and they'd, they'd tear each other down, and we'd say, ah, 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 words that build up, not words that tear down. And unfortunately, they don't have to be kids to struggle with that. Think about what we say about one another or the things that we wish other people would do differently. Really, that's a projection because we would love to change those things that we would like different in ourselves. But Paul marks this off and he says, you've got to put off those old practices. Well, how do you put off the old practices if you don't displace them with something? Got to put on some new practices. Got to put on the new self. You are being constantly renewed. So here's the, here's the trick in this is we beat ourselves up when we go, oh, I didn't get that right. I, I confess this to the Lord. I, I put a 12-step plan into action, and I, this, this habit hasn't changed in my life. So when did you start this new habit? Oh, um, a week ago. Start again. Start again, start again, start again. The Greek language we miss sometimes in the English translation, it's keep putting on the new self. Keep taking off the old self. Let it be a constant thing that is rolling you around. Has anybody been into uh, lapidary? You know what lapidary is? It's sort of, sort of like uh, ensconcing things in stone or uh, uh, turning stone, polishing stone, that kind of stuff. I had a friend who once had a stone polisher, and I was like, when's it going to be done? 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 <laughs> and this thing had to turn and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn for the longest time until that rock was fully, beautifully polished on the outside. You have to think about that for yourself. When am I going to be done? 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 And the Lord says, you got a lot of polishing to do. Morgan. <laughs> we, we realize that to be in the new self that Christ is calling us to, that we have to be in a place where uh, the, this new self is um, restored, is constantly being re renewed, but it also is restored in a knowledge that comes from Christ. Not our own knowledge, not our own effort that we understand that the thing that's being changed in us is not the earthly image that we wear, but the image of the creator that's in us. As he's made us, he wants to rework us, remake us into what is something that is whole. So he says in verse 12, put on then as chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Those, that sounds great. Wouldn't you love to be in a world where everybody around you were those attributes? So why doesn't it happen? What are the trigger points? We went over these when I first started here. The first summer I was here, we talked about being unoffendable. 
We, you can't be offendable. You have to be in a place where you recognize one of the beauties of being away on vacation is uh, we got to see and hear stories that we haven't seen or heard before. We, yes, some of the old hurts and some of the old habits come up, but you find out that those old hurts and habits come out of the practice of a life that received and was offended by things that were never intended that way. And the beauty of being able to listen to it as a background, or maybe just as a pastor, and I see it so often and so readily, I'm able to say, did you ever ask them why they said that? Did you ever ask them what they meant behind what they said? Help yourself hit that reset button yourself so that you can get to the place where none of these negative attributes are part of who you are, but then you become compassionate. You become kind. You become humble. You are meek. You're patient. It takes practice to do those things. There are times where I have had to say, well, wait, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I do that. I realize now after hearing people's response to me, I'm sorry. I don't, those are habits I don't even see that I'm doing, but I know that I need your forgiveness to be able to make the changes that are necessary to become the person of God that he wants me to be, the, to show forth his image in my life. I need you to be able to help me. So it's not just a pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Okay, God, invasion of the body snatchers. It's time for you to invade my body and shine yourself through me. It's a work that happens like a stone being polished. Iron sharpens iron. Relationships matter to us so that the things that people see and say in our lives can help sharpen us, help make us stronger and better and bolder and clearer. Paul goes on to say, he says, forgive one of the one another as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. It's really difficult to forgive. When someone has said something that is your button, your issue, your life, they, they, they come up to you and they're doing one of these. They don't slow down. They just constantly, have you had those people in your lives? where they just come up and they push your button. We, we used to joke when, um, I can't remember where we picked it up, but we'd hear the phrase, the reason why your children can push your buttons is because they installed them. <laughs> you know, people like to push buttons in us, and our response has to be put in check with Christ. Am I expressing the mind of Christ, or am I expressing my own immediate need to be right? My, emo, my own immediate need to express my frustration, my own shame and fear and doubt. And the Lord is saying, no, no, that's not how you clothed yourself. Remember, we burned all of those clothes. That Popeye t-shirt is long gone. I joke about the Popeye t-shirt because I just bought one. Above all things, put on love which binds everything together and let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. There needs to be in our lives as Christians uh, the ability to have um, a, a self-discipline. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. 
we forget that one? That we have to have that place where we take our own self-control and we, we say, you know what, I want to say this. I want to say this with sarcasm. I want it to come out as biting. I want that person to change their attitude and I'm going to change it with mine. <laughs> Instead, we realize that doesn't reflect the heart of Christ, right? And so we have to reel our tongue back into our mouths and say, less is more. Less is more. Lord, let me hear with the proportion that you've given me. Two ears, one mouth. Let me listen more than I speak. Because in listening, you start to hear the heart of what's going on in people's lives. You know, the, the trick, the key, the principle, one of many that Jan taught me was, as you're listening to people, the Lord is going to give words that come from them that spell out and paint a picture of what he wants to speak to them. So if you're trying to speak prophetically, you're trying to operate in that encouragement that the Lord wants to give and have it be really spot on, just listen. Listen and pray and trust that the Lord is going to help you speak life into those people's lives. So back to Paul. Sorry, I was on a bunny trail. Um, Paul says to the, to the Colossians, he says, and the peace of Christ will rule your hearts to which indeed you were called to in one body. So be thankful. Everything starts with thanksgiving. So if you just want to get into the habit, if, if there's a habit in your life that you need to have broken, if there, there are a construct that you want to hit that reset button with, start with thankfulness. Wake up in the morning and say, I'm just going to spend... 10 minutes. 10 minutes is a long time if you think about it. I'm going to spend 10 minutes just being thankful. Thank you, Lord, that I have a house to live in. Thank you, Lord. Last night I, I prayed this prayer. Lord, thank you for my bed. When you're in, in a condo or a rental somewhere else, you're, it's not the same as being in your bed. Um, Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done. That's the first step in that reset button. The second step is to let, Paul's saying here is, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. What would, it was a wristband for a long time, what would Jesus do? And I don't want to make it trite, but what would Jesus say? What are your words of encouragement? It doesn't have to be fluffy and froofy and Christianese, it just... How do you encourage one another? How do you speak life to one another? Teach and admonish each other in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. Sounds like a bad version of Cops. Did you ever see that television show where they tried to make a musical out of a police show? And it was, it was terrible. You know, every situation was turned into a song. And it, it may work on Broadway, but it doesn't work with, you know, law and order doesn't happen. But what Paul is saying here is let that joy that's in you bubble over on the people around you. Let that, that word that is in Christ so much pour out of you that it encourages the people that are around you to do well with their own lives. Whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
if you are to do anything, just keep that in your mind. Did I just honor God with what I said? Did I just honor God with what I'm doing? All of us know what it's like to be caught, right? With your hand in the cookie jar, with your hand on the remote watching something you shouldn't be filling your mind with, with uh, your foot on the accelerator going down the highway when everybody else is going 80 miles an hour and you just think, and those, that sound comes on, right? You go, oh. why does it take those things, those parental controls, why, do they, why are they the things that hit reset in us, that catch us up and say, oh, we're doing wrong? It's because we've allowed ourselves to slowly eke back into a fleshly life, a, a life that is recognizing that it's about us. So Jesus illustrates that this morning in the gospel. He says there's a, a, a wealthy landowner, and he, he has a crop that's a bumper crop. He says, what, is, what do I do with this? And he's very proud of himself, just like Solomon was in Ecclesiastes, as we heard from the word this morning. I have everything. Life is pudding. And then he dies. He dies. He just gets to a place where he's got everything all stored up, but he doesn't do anything wise with it. And the illustration for us this morning is, in wisdom, clothe yourself with the riches of the kingdom. It won't hurt. It's only going to produce fruit. And if that produces fruit in your life, that fruit can be given away. And when you give it away, other people want to produce fruit like that in their lives to give it away instead of storing it up. Well, we were with friends this past week, uh, or last week before, I guess. Um, I worked with Christopher Layton back in Connecticut, and he was conveying a story, and he was telling the story uh, that's in Luke 5 about how Jesus heals the man that's being lowered down through the roof. I actually came up when we were uh, interviewing Andrew. What a great story that is. But I had never heard it from Christopher's perspective. Is these, these guys, they came, they couldn't get access to Jesus. And so what they did was they climbed up on what we picture as a roof. And, you know, uh, we look at a roof and we go, okay, shingles and tar paper and nails and wood. That had to be really hard, but this is probably more like a thatched roof. You know, something that was a whole lot to get e easier to get through to. And they lowered their friend down to the feet of Jesus. And um, this is going on, and the teachers of the law are all kind of concerned what, what Jesus was going to do. But when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Friend, your sins are forgiven. And the perspective that Christopher relayed, I don't know if I'm relaying it right, but this is how I took it, was, aren't you tired of carrying your friends? Aren't you, I'm speaking to you all now, St. Luke's, aren't you tired of carrying your friends? Aren't you tired of sometimes your friends carrying you? The hurts, the hang-ups, the habits that we have, the old clothing that we can't get rid of, all got to go to the foot of Jesus. It's got to be reset. It can't be a soft reset. It can't be a, a gentle change. It's got to be 
the Lord doing it. It can't be us by our bootstraps trying to change ourselves. So if we want to be in a place where we recognize the work of God, we, we have to be in a place where it's a level playing field and that, that this new life that Christ wants us to clothe ourselves in, we are able to find the courage to do so because Christ is the prime mover. He says, Paul says to the Colossians, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts because they're called to be a peaceable body, a body that's able to stay connected. Nothing like uh, chaos or hurt or shame or malice or anger or all those other things that he listed to blow up a family when a family is supposed to stay together and care for one another. The body of Christ is meant to be the same way. Let's encourage and admonish and bless one another. Let's help other people change, but don't do so in such a way that you're causing that person to be ashamed. Walk with them. Guide them. Strengthen them. Help them. Jesus looked and he saw the faith of those who were lowering this man down in Luke chapter 5. And, and uh, I, I think, you know what? I've got to stop trying to put on that armor and put up my umbrella, right? I've got to let Christ renew me, make me the person that he wants me to be. So if you hear anything from, from me today, the renewal that the Lord wants to put in us, to have in us, is to be people who recognize that God is the prime mover in all of the things that we have, all of the words that we say, all of the life that we get to express. Let it be ruled by Christ so that others are blessed all the way along. Anything that you can do or have or be would be joyful in its expression if it's expressed through him. If it gets to be selfish, if it gets to a place where you're, you're wondering why things fall apart and you start to look at all the negative, hit that reset button and start to say, what do I need to get rid of? What clothing? How do I, how do I get rid of the clothing of anger and malice and fear and doubt and shame? Start with thanksgiving. Thank the Lord for what he's given you. Thank the Lord for where he's sending you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. My friends, um, one of the, the greatest things that I get to do is to see change in people's lives. Uh, I will end with this story. Um, I met a couple who were in uh, Virginia when we lived there. And um, we discovered that their van was in our parking lot at church one Sunday. And it's remained for the full afternoon, and it remained there through Monday. And it remained there through Tuesday. And there was constant activity around this van and constant asking to come in to use the bathrooms at the church, and that was fine. And slowly as we got to, to hear the story through the shame of this couple's life and their four children who are with them in the van, there was no home for them to live. And the, the minimum that they were making was just enough to sort of get by, but not enough 
to put down an apartment. And you started to listen to the hurts and habits that were going on. There were other things mixed into that, which were was drug use and um, you know penalties that they were having to pay on things that they'd already done in the past. And the pile was so high. But as we walked alongside of them, you could see God just completely turning them like a stone in the sand, polishing their world to be in a better place. Suddenly, the mother of that family had a job at Home Depot, and she found value in herself. She was working full time, and they were able to get their first apartment. And things started to fall apart again, and people came around them and loved them. And I just saw a Facebook post this past week, and that's why I use it as an illustration. Um, they've moved to Texas, and they, they are uh, living in their own home, and their kids, two of them, have gone off to college. Uh, it's just beautiful to see the transformation that's going on in their lives and their home. And I know that whatever it is that the Lord wants to conquer in your life, is he's just as capable capable to take you from death and bring you to life he's capable of taking those hurts and habits and hang-ups and putting on a life that reflects christ in you so begin by being thankful we talked about a rule of life over this past year we're going to do some more uh, coming up this month where we'll offer a chance for you to discover and write your own rule of life um, all of that's not not just so we can be neat and read a book together. It's so that you can change the habits in you, that you can be a part of what the Lord wants to do in restoring you so that you can walk in Christ. Amen?